Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. Let's join Pastor Paul Carlson for today's message. Well, we are, you know, we're on this series, we, we call it Holy Spirit. And I'll tell you the truth, we're not rushing this thing. We're just, just kind of going slow. And we're walking through the word, you know, and, and just, just getting more insight and seeing who he is. Did you notice I said who he is? Because Holy Spirit is not an it. He's not, you know, he's not a member of the Adams family. He's not cousin it. You know, he's not just some force. He's not just an influence. He's not just tongues. You see, sometimes Christians, you know, well-meaning, good-hearted Christians like me, we can, we can put him in a box. And that's what we're endeavoring to do in this series is take him out of this box and just see him for who he really is. I mean, he is an integral part of our life, but he's a person. And, and that's how we need to get to know him. Get to know him, you know, as the third person of the Godhead. You know, our helper in life. You know, and, and, and he, he's, he's walking with us. He's living in us every step of the way. You know, I'll tell you how he works. You know, should I pull back the veil a little bit? And just even in a service, how he'll work. First service this morning, you know, the 9 o'clock service. I'm sitting here, you know, we had worship, you know. You know, this is, if you didn't know, this is worship, you know. Yeah. And, and thank God I didn't sing right there. Anyway, but anyway, we were worshiping, and, and towards the end of, of the worship time, usually, usually, I get up after that, okay? So I'm sitting there while we're worshiping, and, I, you know, the Holy Spirit just showed me this, 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 you know, a great thing to get up and just say after worship, which is always good for me. You know, and, and uh, but we had it organized a little differently today, and Pastor Stephen, I knew in advance he was going to do communion. So I'm sitting there thinking, wow, that's really good. I want to get up and say that. And I just held my peace, and he got up. He just, you know, he stopped worshiping. Well, not really. He, he switched modes of worship from singing into, you know, worshiping or to talking. And, and I listened to him, and he said every point that the Holy Spirit had said to my heart. And he went right down the line. And I was like, wow, that's cool, that's cool. And he didn't even know he's doing it, you know, but, but I knew it. And, and, and it's like, wow, that's cool. Um, Jesus said this, you know, Jesus, I'm just amazed as I look at Jesus and, and the, the record we have of the ministry of Jesus in the, in the Gospel of John, especially uh, how Jesus took a lot of time and really put into his disciples and, and conditioned them for transition. You know, what I'm talking about transition, I'm talking about transition from the gospel type of, of records into the book of Acts, you know? And, and, and what it was is, is the beginning of the church. And Jesus took time and just, just fed these disciples things and truths about what was going to be coming to pass, how things were going to be happening. And, and one little just nugget here is in John 14, 16, and 17. I've been reading this, I think, every week, or pretty close anyway. But Jesus said this to the disciples. He says, I'll pray the Father, and he'll give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and he shall be in you. 
You know, I'm sure the disciples, as they heard these words, you know, I'm sure that everything Jesus said, it went into them. They're like, wow. But, but you know, I don't think they saw the full impact of it, you know, until the days ahead. You know, I think they, there was times, even with all this instruction, that they were like, what's going on? I mean, they still had this mindset that Jesus had come to set up an earthly kingdom. You know, they still had the mindset that, can I sit on your right or on your left or whatever, you know, all that stuff. They just didn't quite see it. You know, I don't always see it all clearly. You know how it is when you walk with God? I want to know every facet, every detail of the days ahead, but he gives me what I need to know. At the time, I need to know it. And, and the disciples, you know, they got this wisdom, but, but, but I bet they looked back at the words, and I know John did, and he said, wow, wow. Wow, he prayed the Father and he sent another helper. And he's not just walking with us. He is always, he's always with me and he's walking with me, but he's living in me. And I bet he went, I bet he had a wow moment. You know, you know, it was like, whoa, whoa, you know, the, the kind where it's like that advertisement for the speakers, you know, where the sound is coming out of the speaker and the guy's holding on to everything in the room is flying, his hair is flying back. That's the kind of wow moment I'm talking about. He's like, whoa, man, he's living in me. He's living in me. He's walking with me. You know, and John later, he wrote in his epistle, in, in 1 John 4, 4, he said this, this is so good. You know, I remember this, this hit me as a new Christian. You know how things hit you when you're first born again? There's just certain things that just hit me, like Proverbs chapter 3, uh, 4 and 5, I think it is, maybe 6. And then I read this one, 1 John 4, 4, where it says, in, in the version I'm reading here is the New King James. It says, you're of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who's in you is greater, greater. Can you say greater? greater. He's greater than he who's in the world. And, and John probably is, you know, recording this and going, wow, I'm living, I'm living it out. I'm living out what Jesus said. He's prayed the Father, the helpers come. He's walking with me and he's living in me and he's, he's greater, man. He's greater. You know, problems come up on earth, you know? That's no secret to anybody in here. You know, even though you're, you're good people, even though you're born again and full of the Holy Ghost and everything, problems still come up. But John, I'm sure he sat there and he goes, wow, the greater one is in me. He's greater than any problem I'm confronted with, any emotional roller coaster that I've tried to, or you know, the devil's tried to throw me on. He's greater. I'm examining myself in the light of, of what Jesus said here. And wow, this is an amazing day to be alive. You know, the same for us. It's an amazing day to be alive. It's, got, it's gotten no less since these days. I'm telling you what, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And today we can say with just as much confidence and boldness as the Apostle John did and say, the greater one is living in us. The greater one is living in us. Holy Spirit has taken up residence on the inside of us. You know, it's like I go to the store and I try on a pair of pants. I put them on and bring life to them pants. <laughs> They're all folded so nice and Whew, now they're, they're, I'm in him, I'm in him. I give him expression. He's living in me. He's living in you. John 8, or Romans 8, 16. Romans 8, 16. See, it's different to be upon and it's different to be in. He's in us and he's upon us. Wow. 
You know, upon us is, you know, well, I won't go. Anyway, I had a thought in my head, but I'm not going to go that way. All right, in Romans 8, 16, Paul said this just about him. About who? About Holy Spirit. He said this. He said, the Spirit himself, can you say himself? himself. Not itself, but himself. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. So, again, he's with us all the time. He's living in us. And one of the things he does, you know, the first thing as a, as a, as a new creature, I, I, you know, I, I know we can all reflect back on the day. You know, wherever you got born again. You might have got born again out on a street. You might have got born again in a church. You might have got born again like Jesse uh, Duplantis got born again in the bathroom because the, the TV was on in the hotel room and Billy Graham was preaching and Jesse prayed and got saved right there in the bathroom. Hey, that, you know that works? You know that God will show up in the bathroom. He's spoken to me before. Anyway, but uh, um, wherever it is, one of the first things that happens is the Holy Spirit just confirms in your heart you're a child of God. He just lets you know. I mean, there's like a peace that comes in there. It's like, it's like a knowing that's there. It's like that I didn't have before. And it's like, hey, I know I'm going to heaven. I didn't know that before I got saved. I, th- I hoped so. I thought it'd be a good idea. I'd rather go to heaven than hell. But when I got born again, I said, wow, I know. I know I'm going. He does that. If he does that in our lives, in what I would call probably the greatest thing that's ever happened is becoming a child of God, how much more will he do it in every little area of our life? He bears witness in our hearts. He shows us peace. You know, I like to think of it like that is is he gives us peace about the way to go. You know, and and, in Colossians, I didn't look this scripture up, but I think it's Colossians. Uh, it's, like, it's like a 15, like either 2 or 3.15, somewhere in there. But, uh, you know, Paul said, talking about Holy Spirit leading and guiding us, he, he called him an umpire. An umpire. You know what an umpire is? An umpire is one that stands behind home plate. One of the things that he could do, I know there's different kinds of umpires, but one of them is he stands there and he, he makes the call on if it's a ball or it's a strike. That means if it's good or if it's bad. So one of the things Holy Spirit does is he says, all right, it's good. Or he says, hey, that isn't in the ballpark. That isn't over the plate. That isn't right. Don't go with that. That's what I call it. That's how he does it for me. Sound effects, they're optional, I guess. But, um, but anyhow, he leads us. He guides us. He shows us the path of life. And again, you don't get it, need to get into a twit. Oh, I don't know where he's showing me to go today. No, he just walk your life out, but be aware of him. Be open to him. You know, develop a sensitivity to him in life because he wants to show you the right path. Now, we, we have been in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and it'll probably take a while to get through this because, again, we're just going slow. This is new for me. I'm going slow, walking through it, you know? And, and, and it's okay. We're talking about him, and, and he loves it that we're talking about him. He, 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 he loves it that we're building awareness of his place in our life. And, and, and we're not just, you know, ignoring him or anything like that. In 1 Corinthians 12, though, Paul talks about some things that we're just going to call manifestations of Holy Spirit. Okay? Manifestations. Now, as we talk about them, you know, we're, we're teaching this stuff. Don't get so technical that, oh, you know, well, what was that? Holy Spirit manifestation number one. Is that a revelation? Is that an inspiration? Is that a power? Is that what? No. 
Well, those are cool to know, but you know what? Just know him. Know him. Know him. Paul said this to the church at Corinth and to us as well. He said, concerning spiritual gifts or manifestations of the Spirit, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. He wants us to know about these things. He goes on, he says, you're Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. There's all kinds of crazy things in the world. Holy Spirit's not crazy, okay? You say, well, you know, just like Pastor Stephen talked about communion, you know, it would seem crazy if there was no meaning behind it, but I'm telling you what, there's substance behind what we're talking about. He says, you, you did all kinds of crazy things, but he says, let, uh, let it be known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There's div- diversities of gifts, but it's the same Spirit. Diversities of ministry, but it's the same Lord. There's diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. Then in verse 7, he begins, uh, he says, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one to profit uh, with all. But he goes on and describes these nine different gifts. And we've, we've, we've said this, that there, you could break them up into three groups. There's revelation gifts. There's gifts these are gifts that reveal something. And then there's, um, there's power gifts. These are gifts that do something. And then there's inspirational gifts. And these are gifts that say something. Okay? So in each of those, there's three of them. In the, the revelation gifts, there's word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and discerning of spirits. And then in the power gifts, there's, what is it? There's faith, there's healing, and there's working of miracles. And then the inspirational one, there's tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. So we're walking through each of these gifts. And we're looking through the Bible and showing you places where Holy Spirit, you know, even in the Old Testament, would show up and, and he would manifest himself in this way. This is how he, he rolls. This is how he manifests himself. And, and so we talked about word of knowledge and said this, that a word of knowledge from Holy Spirit is a word about the present or the past, okay? It's not all knowledge. Holy Spirit doesn't make you a know-it-all, okay? He gives you a word, a word. Say a word. A word. A word. And it's about the present or the past, if it's a word of knowledge. And a word of wisdom, I'm just going to go on with this. A word of wisdom is very much like a word of knowledge, but a word of wisdom is a word about the future, okay? And a lot of times, when Holy Spirit will, will manifest them this, self this way, they become intertwined. And right in the middle of it all, there's a word about the past and present and the future. Just know it's him. Don't think it weird. Don't think it's strange. Don't think, wow, good night. What planet am I from? You know, what have I been smoking? No, I didn't smoke. I haven't, I haven't smoked in years. Well, what was that? No, well, he does this. He does this, okay? Hey, glory. All right, where am I at? Let me give you one. Acts 9, verses 10, 10 through 12. This is modern-day ministry. This is New Testament ministry. Acts uh, 9, 10, and 12, this is a story. This, this is, let me set the stage. There's this guy who's become well-known in Christian circles, not for his ministry of grace and peace, but his ministry of torment, okay? This guy that's become well-known in Christian circles is known as Saul of Tarsus. What's known about him is this, that, that this guy's a tyrant, 
This guy has it in his head that he's out to get Christians. He's out to take them any way he can, you know, lock them up, chain them up, bring them to the authorities, prosecute them, or kill them. We have witness of this. You know, he, there's this guy named Stephen. He was not our Stephen, but another one. And he, he was brought before this guy, Saul of Tarsus, and, and they had him stoned right on the spot. You say, well, did, did Saul of Tarsus do that? Well, he held the coats so everybody could do it. It was under his authority, under his reign. You, you, I would imagine that you're talking to a Christian, and, you know, if, if they knew Saul of Tarsus was in town, they may try to avoid the town. They wouldn't want to go around him, you know? And, and uh, so here's this guy, another guy named Ananias. Ananias, we don't know much about him before this time, but, but he was a disciple of Jesus. You know, there's disciples everywhere. There's Christians everywhere. I don't know them all. I don't know all their story, but they're amazing when they're following God. And so Ananias is this guy, he's just hanging out, and, and the Holy Spirit shows up and just gives him a word of knowledge. Right there, he might probably minding his own business. He might have been in the bathroom washing his hands. You know, it happens sometimes. I don't get this thing about bathrooms today. I don't know what it is. But anyway, uh, it says in verse 10, there was a certain disciple in Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, he said, here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, arise, go to the street called Straight. Inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. Uh, behold, he's praying. In a vision, he's seen a man named Ananias coming in, putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. What is that? That's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. It's a manifestation, and if we were going to label it, we'd call it a word of knowledge. What was it? It was information given to Ananias about the past or present. He didn't have any idea about it. He was I tell you what, he wasn't just sitting there thinking all this stuff. Like he, he wasn't like, well, I think I'm going to go pray for a guy named Saul of Tarsus. No, he was probably trying to keep away from Saul of Tarsus. The Holy Spirit made it really plain to him. There's a guy here, and he needs you to come and pray. This is like New Testament ministry. Can I tell you a story? Um, well, let me read a scripture first. In uh, Acts, Acts chapter, you can tell when it, it I, I don't have it in my notes. I have to look it up in the Bible like you. <laughs> Acts 1, verse 4. Again, you know, we said that, that, that you know, Jesus had... Uh, given a lot of instruction to the disciples about ministry. He, he, guess, you know, he, he instructed them while he was with them, taught them many things, but he knew there was this time coming that he was going away. He taught them about Holy Spirit. And uh, in Acts chapter 1, verse 4, it says, Being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Which he said, You've heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but you should be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Wow. Therefore, when he had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, do you want at this time to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. And I'm reading the whole thing, verse 8. But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you'll be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, to all the ends of the earth. All right, so, so here, here they are. You know, Jesus is talking to a group of people. And the timing of this is just before. Okay, it's after Jesus died on the cross, was buried, went to hell, rose up from the dead. And it's before 
he ascends up into heaven, okay? In fact, it's right before he ascends up into heaven. So, you know, in that group that's gathered there, I don't know everybody, but I would imagine, and I think you would agree, that the disciples were with him. We know this reading further into the book of Acts that the 120 that obeyed what Jesus said were in an upper room. We know in that group the disciples were there and we know that Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there too. I always like to throw that in. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was in that group in the upper room. And, and so I'm sure these guys were revved. They'd seen, they'd seen things they never dreamed they'd see. They'd walked with Jesus for three years. They, they thought they'd lost everything because he died on the cross. They buried him. They thought, oh, the world is over. You know, Peter says, I'm going back to fishing. And then their master is raised up from the dead, appears to him. They touch him. They feel him. They handle him. They eat together. They have fish. Thank God. They eat fish. Yeah. And so anyway, they, all this stuff happens. I think these guys were revved. They're out to change the world. They're out to go out and say, yeah. I mean, thinking about this, I mean, wow. And, and what Jesus said to them, <laughs> now let me tell you this. Yesterday, we're, we're at this party. What do you do when you're not at church? Oh, I go out and party. And, and uh, we were eating fish, so it was pretty godly. And... and uh, I was there with Pastor Stephen, Kara, you know, and we're, we're sitting there talking, and we're talking to somebody, actually one of our relatives, and, and uh, you know, we're probably a wonderment to many relatives, just thinking, and, and uh, this, this lady was so sweet, you know, and, and she was really good, and she was talking to us and, and, and found out, you know, what, what Stephen does, that he's a pastor at the church, and you know, they, they already had me marked, you know, as a pastor. And, and um, it's so funny when people know you're a pastor, they act different around you. I usually do not tell people I'm a pastor until the last possible moment. <laughs> I don't. When we first moved here, this is a side journey and my side journey. But anyway, when we first moved to Menominee, I used to come here every week before we moved here, when we knew we were going to come and start a church here, I made a point every week to drive here, usually in the middle of the week, and I'd walk up and down the streets and pray and look, you know, size the town up, you know. It was just my way of doing things, you know, and I was looking for a building and where we could hold church and trying to see what was the flavor of the town. And, and I, I remember, you know, Culver's were something that in Minneapolis, we didn't have a Culver. And I tried it out before, and I thought, it's a pretty good place. You know, this is different. This is a change of pace for many of the places in Minneapolis. So usually, when I'd come here during the week, I'd go to Culver's before I'd leave. Kind of made it fun for me. And, and, and so I'd go there, and, you know, when you go there every week, people begin to know you, and there's one guy always waited on me. And he became uh, what I call my friend. And so, you know, of course, then Dana... Dana started coming, and she, he, she got to know him, too. And, you know, they'd call us by name when we'd come in the store. They'd say, hey, Paul and Dana. And, you know, it was like cheers. Hey, it's Norm. No. And, 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 and so, in any case, um, I, I never told the guy I was a pastor. And so he'd start talking to me, you know, when we're waiting for our order. He'd talk, you know, if it wasn't busy. And he'd tell me all kinds of stuff that, that he used to do and that he did. 
And then, then, you know, some of it was like stuff you probably wouldn't tell your pastor normally. <laughs> I just listened. I just, I, I thought it was great. I loved connecting with the guy. Really a good guy. And then one day, the inevitable happens. You know, Dana's in the restroom. There it goes again. Anyway, and so I'm over here talking to this guy because I'm kind of waiting around, you know. And I'm good at that. And, and this guy looks at me and he says, you know, i got to ask you, what, what do you do? And, and this is seriously. I looked at him and I said, well, I'm a pastor. And I watched his face. He went, and this is what it seemed like to me. He went, oh. <laughs> I mean, he maybe didn't do that, but that's what it seemed like to me. And, you know, he got over it and we all did. Where was I at? Anyway, uh, so in any case... We're at this party, and this lady's talking to us, and she's looking at Stephen and says, so you're a pastor? And he goes, yeah. And, you know, because he's so young and everything, she probably thought, you know, well, what have you done to to become a pastor? He told her how he'd gone to school and, and, you know, had a bachelor's, was working on his master's, and and then, then, you know, she's kind of nodding her head, and, you know, she's a really sweetheart of a lady. And, and And then he goes, and I've, I've mentored under him, pointing to me. And, and so, you know, and then I jumped in. I said, yeah, I tell you, this guy, you know, he, uh, he came to the church and just started coming in every day. And, and I don't know if I told her all this, but I'll tell you this. I mean, he, he started just coming and hanging out at church. And, and he had his own job, but he'd come here all day, every day. Monday through, you remember that, Christy. And, and, and not getting a penny. You know, we weren't paying him or anything, but just day after day, week after week, he'd come and do anything that his hand could find to do. He'd ask us, what can he do to help? He'd do any, and over time, and I'm talking a long time, he made himself so valuable, we had to hire him. <laughs> because I couldn't see not having him around. And, and you know, I was going to tell you this too, just, we're just talking about Holy Spirit, so hey, I can be free, you know. I'll tell you a little more. You know, going back years ago, but I'm really off the chain today. I'm not, I, my leash is somewhere under the chair, I think. But anyway, going back years ago, we used to get the Dunn County News. You know, that's the newspaper in Menominee that, that this building used to be the Dunn County newspaper building. And we used to get it delivered to our house because I don't right now, but I should. I, I watch it online. But um, I remember one Sunday, we got the paper and Dana comes in to me, and, and there's this, this, this whole page thing. And, and it's about this, this rock band in Menominee. And these, these guys were in high school, and they had a rock band. And there was a picture of this, these guys and a whole story about them. And Dana comes to me, and she says, Paul, look at this. And I looked at it, and I said, yeah. And I said, she says, we need to pray for these young lads. <laughs> We'd never, never, you know who it was on there? It was Pastor Stephen, my other son-in-law, Benjamin, and two other guys that I won't mention right now. Or three, three other guys, three other guys. And, and, uh, and I, I don't know why. You know, I can tell you why. Holy Spirit magnified that to Dana. Said, said, Dana, you don't know these guys, but you need to pray for them. So you know what she did? She cut that out of the paper, the whole page. She cut the paper in half. I allow her to do that. And we, we kept that. We brought it 
to prayer meeting back in the day. And we prayed for him. And, and probably, I don't know what the span of time was, I'd guess for a year. And then, then what happened is we had Go Ministries come in. Remember that, Christy? It was Go. We had them in a couple different times, a couple years apart. And we had Steve Munns come and the whole gang and put on this big show. And we, we rented out the Thunderbird um, Mall. Stout Ale House. House, where they do wedding receptions. We rented out the place because we wanted it to be a non-churchy event. Because sometimes you have things in a church and people won't come. So we had this there, and I mean, they had the rocking band, you know. I was like, I was digging. I was like, wow, this is cool, you know, lights and fog and all that kind of stuff. And, 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 uh, and so anyway, in the corner of my eye, I'm sitting there, you know. I'm in the back because I'm an old guy. I didn't want to be up there in front. And, and so in my, the corner of my eye, I see these two dudes walk in, and I recognize them. And it's Stephen and Benjamin. Little did I know, they're my two future son-in-laws. They come walking into the place, and I beelined it for them. I mean, all this stuff is going on up front. I mean, and it was a, the, the wildest time that they happened to walk in. It was like all the, the jam and music had stopped, and, and it, was, it was like everybody in the place was like praying in tongues. And here comes Stephen and Benjamin. Stephen in his white jeans and Benjamin looking, looking cool. They're just, they're just the epitome of cool. Standing back there. And so I go try to talk to him. I kind of, I had met Benjamin once and, and I, I welcomed him in and tried to get him into in, in the group. But uh, I, I kept my eye on him and I think they lasted maybe 10 minutes or something. Maybe 10 minutes and they beelined out of that place. They're like, man, this is too much for us. Just shot out like a rocket. But, you know, the story goes on and on. You know, we, we kept, our paths kept crossing. And even though they'd try to avoid us, they'd, they'd keep crossing our paths. And eventually, you know, you know Stephen, of course, came in and got born again. But, um, so anyway, <laughs> how did I get off talking about that? <laughs> Lunch is ready, and here I am going. So I'm talking about Holy Spirit. I'm talking about how you're led by him, how he'll illuminate things to us. Now, I, I wouldn't say we had a word that said, these are your future son-in-laws. But Holy Spirit said, pray for these guys. They need prayer. And so we prayed for them. And then we, you know what? Then we didn't try to make it happen. We just walked it out. We walked it out. So, so anyway, back to my other side journey, we're at this party. And, you know, Stephen had tried to tell this lady about his schooling and all this and but then he tells, says, hey, but you know, I follow this guy around. It's true, like everything I was doing, he, was, he would come and he'd help me with it. And, you know, we'd go to the hospital to pray for somebody. Bam, he's right. He didn't, I, didn't have to ask, I didn't even have to ask him. He'd say, can I go with? I'd say, sure, come on. I was great to have him. And, 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 you know, we had something, even stuff that wasn't fun. He was there doing it. And so we're telling this lady about that. And she goes, and right away she's like, oh. Oh, I get it. I get it right away. I get, I get it. I know how you can be a pastor. She was impressed that he followed me around. <laughs> All right, so now let's go back to what we were really talking about. Jesus is about to send into heaven. And he's talking to a group of people. We don't know how many, but I know 120 ended up in the upper room. And he's giving them last-minute instructions. 
he says this. He pulls back the reins and he says, guys and gals, he says, don't leave your hometown. Don't leave Jerusalem. Stay here because you're not ready to go yet. I can just imagine Peter, you know. These were people that walked with Jesus for three years. And Jesus said, you're not ready yet. So he pulls, he pulls back the reins. He says, but this is what you need to do. Go wait for the promise of the Father. Because he is going to come. He's going to come upon you. He's living in you. He's going to empower you. Verse 8 says, you will be equipped to be witnesses, then you can go to Judea, Samaria, and all the uttermost parts of the world, wherever that ends up being. I thought I was ready. You're never ready until you're walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't care how cool you are. I don't care where you studied. Doing ministry, doing life, we need Holy Spirit to be successful. I want to do stuff myself sometimes. I'm sitting, I can be like I describe Peter as. I can be at the edge going, I want to go do it. I want to make it happen. I want to do it. Better to wait on him. It's better to wait on him. You'll get more done. You'll be more effective in life waiting on him, walking with him. Ananias uh, the Lord continued to minister to Ananias in Acts chapter 9 because when he told him to go pray for this guy named Saul of Tarsus, lay hands on him because he's seen a man named Ananias come and lay hands on him that he'd receive his sight. You know, and, 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 and he continued. Then Ananias turned back and, and said, hey, I've heard about this Saul of Tarsus. I don't want to go anywhere near him. And the, what, I'm going to just go ahead and tell it. The, the Holy Spirit said to Ananias, he says, listen, this guy is a chosen vessel. He's been set apart by me. He's praying right now, and he is getting ready to go out and turn the world right side up. He's waiting for you now. Later, you know, we, I'm going to just tell you this too. Ananias went, and he did lay hands on, on Saul at that time. He was called Saul, and he did receive his sight. And really, the Bible says this, that when Ananias laid his hands on him, the Holy Spirit came upon him. The Holy Spirit came upon Saul of Tarsus, former name, Paul the Apostle, future name. Changed his life. Turning point in his ministry, right there. But it was one believer receiving from the Holy Spirit, acting it out, impacting the life of another. It was supernatural ministry. It's the kind of stuff God's called you and me to, to live out in this day. We're not normal people. I mean, we have flesh and blood. We're, you know, we're like everybody else in that way, but we got God living in us. We got the greater one living in us. Glory to God. Hot dog. Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. To partner with this ministry or for any additional information, please visit libertychristiancenter.org.